Amanda, what are you drinking today? Well, Amanda, today I have some Dr. Pepper and Salted Caramel Crown. Well, that's uh, not your normal situation. I know. I only have two things mixed together tonight instead of five. And they're not even weird. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm growing up and getting better. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Amanda? Tonight I am drinking some pineapple mango specka vodka with a pineapple coconut juice. That sounds tropical and delicious. It it's so good. Like I might have two today, possibly. Just let me just sip some more. <laughs> and in a glass, like how pretty is this glass? I just purchased this at the Goodwill as well. Oh, that's pretty. It's my mimosa glass, but I'm using it for vodka. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a veteran can be very, very hard, but being a service member was not quite that hard. So we're here to talk about that transition. In this episode, we are talking to Michael Womack. He served in the Army Guard from 1999 to 2005 as a 63 Tango Bradley mechanic. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. What are you drinking on? A couple of things. I got this Luke Suvalois. What is, is that vodka? Is it a vodka? Potato potato vodka mixed with lovely grape ultra monster. Oh, that sounds good and simple. uh, Natural light. Oh, he's double fisted. Right? He fits right in with our shenanigans. That's awesome, Michael. And where are you from originally? Originally, I, I was born and raised in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas. Oh, do you know anyone that makes moonshine? Uh, I, I can't really talk about that on the interwebs. Well, I mean, but, you have yeah. to tell us who they are. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got my or something twice removed. You don't really know his real name, that kind of person. Well, you know, I know him pretty personally. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, why did you decide to join the Army Guard? And why did you become a Bradley mechanic? Well, my great-grandfather was in the Army in World War II, and my dad was in the Army, and I got out of high school, and I was like, you know, might as well. So you come from a long line of Army people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's cool. We've had, like, there's been an equal combination of military family, and that's why Mm -hmm. they joined, or first-time generation military. I think we're pretty equal on... Yeah, yeah. On that. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. I think we are about equal. So, Michael, where where were you stationed? What duty stations did you have? And did you have a favorite one? Well, yeah, I went to the basic at Camp Jackson. If anybody went there, they they know why it's called Camp Jackson. It was a lot of fun. But then I went to Fort Knox for AIT. And then the rest of my time was all at Fort Chaffee because Arkansas is pretty much broke all the time. So we so never Fort got to go Chaffee, into the Fort Chaffee is in Arkansas? Fort Chaffee is actually in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and that's interesting fact is where uh, Elvis Presley went to basic training. Oh. Um, I actually know where Port Smith is, so yep. Fort, Fort Smith. There's so Fort many Smith. Army bases and Army Guard bases, and I don't know where any of them are. Well, oh, Fort wow. Smith is a town. Isn't Fort Smith just a town in Arkansas? It's up at the top left. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
It's in the center left. It, it's a border town right next to Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Okay. I knew where it was. My sister has a cabin out there somewhere in Arkansas, like in that area. I've Your never been there. sister that won't come on the show? I know. Lame. She keeps ghosting me. All right, Michael. So being in the Army National Guard, I'm sure that you have some great active duty stories you can tell us tonight. I guess there's a, you know, a couple small stories. I mean, not nothing too extravagant, but, you know. They're and, all fun. Uh, and a- in AIT, I actually got hurt, got an umbilical hernia. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's it was it was a lot of fun when your guts are hanging out your belly button. <laughs> oh, that's right. The best part was the doctor's like, I'll oh, just push it back in your finger and here's some horse pills. Take those, it'll be all right. <laughs> Have some Motrin and drink some water. Yeah. Be fine. <laughs> drink water. And they wonder why veterans are so fucked up sometimes. Like, we were fed Motrin. Yeah, like candy. To solve everything. Here, take this Motrin Tic Tac. It'll be fun. Yep. Yep. 800, you only got 800. It's like they didn't have anything smaller. 800, a couple of them, you're good to go. Yeah. That's why I have to take, I take five to six (laughs) at a time of the 200 milligram because, and even taking that though to get 1,000 or 1,200 milligrams isn't even the same as taking one 800. Mm -mm. No. And like, it's so unregulated, the amount of Motrin they pass out. Like you don't need to talk to a doctor or get a prescription. Like you just roll up to the pharmacy and be like, Hey, I need some Motrin. And they just be like, yep. There you go. go. Cheers to Motrin. (laughs) Cheers to Motrin. I think we've actually even cheers Motrin before. but We'll cheers cheers it every time because it was such a big part of our life. Oh man! Or was, are you done with your first story? We totally. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, nothing, it's nothing eventful, you know. Just, Just poke your guts back inside with your finger, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. Yep. Luckily, I've got it all, you know, documented in my. Oh good. History, which good. So you can get some service connected stuff out of that, that. That is one thing that it is service connected, and you know, yeah. it's one thing that I still fight with the VA to this day. You know. Yeah. They say I'm fine, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Story, let's hear it. The second story, it's it's a little bit more adult-contented. Perfect. We content up in here. Yes, we are we not do. afraid. Wait till you come to a hangout. <laughs> oh, yeah, are you going to come to a hangout, Michael? Yeah, I'll, I'll come to a hangout. All right. We had a good uh, time this weekend. We had a chicken on there. We did, like, show off puppy. your pets. Everyone showed off their pets. Children. Yeah. We had an Air Force guy that had a puppet. Nice. And was drinking white Russians. Like, so we roasted him pretty hard. Yeah, white Russian. That's that's the real manly drink there. (laughs) That's the the drink of the Air Force. (laughs) We all can't have steak dinners for night or for dinner every night. So Right. That's what we told him. (laughs) Right. Let's hear the second story. All right. The second story is we had a, a weekend off in Fort Knox. We come back Monday and apparently our drill instructors found somebody's male anatomy hidden in the shower. They found somebody's dildo hidden in the shower. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> I was like trying to pull that together. I was like, male anatomy someone- in the shower. Like, how did that get disconnected? 
what yeah. the fuck is cheers going to on, Cheers to Cheers to Dildo. Yes. You don't have to cheers to that, Michael, but we will. I'll, I'll cheers to Dildos. I'm not scared. <laughs> Man. Did they ever find out who it belonged to? Uh, we all had our speculation, but, you know, this is 99, so it's all during the don't ask, don't tell time. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I'm not judgmental, you know. Hey, do do you, whatever, but. Right, but pack that when, shit up. <laughs> when, we, when we come back from our little weekend vacation, all of our shit was out in the courtyard. Oh, no. Yeah. Lockers, everything. <laughs> they just clean the room huh yeah it was it was a lot of fun but you know i mean it was sitting right there in the hallway and so did anyone ever claim it no no nobody ever claimed it i guess we, because you couldn't yeah then. yeah i mean I'm right here. now to find a dildo in a barracks like whatever okay <laughs> it's no big deal i mean hell you can bring your cell phone to you know basically was it, no, I was it battery operated no, it was just a rubber one. Huh? It, just, just a plain rubber one. But it was hidden inside the shower stalls up in a little vent where the AC would come through. Oh, so he was oh, hiding. That, ew, like gross. Dirty. that yeah, that ooh. But you know, we, we like had a little all those dirt particles coming out of the air vent, and then you're like I, sneaking it out, like ooh. Probably as this. I don't right? think they were worried about oh. the dirt particles, so <sighs> No, you're you're putting that thing in some pretty sensitive areas. Like, I hope he was sneaking in some cleaner with him. Yeah, like, well, shower, so there's so. Yeah, but still, like, yeah. We all had a good idea. In that dirty air vent all day. There was only one guy that wouldn't shower with everybody, so. Yeah, was, yeah. So that that kind of gave him away, huh? It's it's pretty obvious, but. <laughs> Bless his heart. Yeah. Bless. Cheers to the dirty, dirty secrets of the United States military. <laughs> Cheers. All right, Michael. Well, eventually, you know, we have to do this thing called separation and we have to get out of the service. How was your transition from being in the National Guard to being a civilian? And do you think that it was different for you being in the National Guard than someone that might have been on active duty? I'm, I'm sure it was a 100% different, you know because I was on the weekends once a month and then two weeks out of the year. And so that transition isn't as hard for somebody that's not full time all the time. Right. And so you, you, you still keep like a home and a civilian life and all that when you're in the guard. Right. Did you ever deploy with the guard and go overseas? I was lucky, fortunate, you know, I didn't, I never deployed. We got, really close but all the guys that i was in with were older and they had went over in desert storm oh, okay and by that time that they got back and i was in they're like no we're not going to do it anymore and you know they tried to to go ahead and deploy deploy us but the majority of all the our commanders and everything said no we're not going and so they ended up actually splitting up our unit and pulling a bunch of guys that wanted to go MP that just you know wanted to go overseas mm -hmm. do an MP thing and I'm not the MP type so <laughs> you're like I'll stay here and be a mechanic yeah and 
at that time I was my first marriage. It was, it's one of those things, you know, you got two, two little kids. And, right. Right. Family first for sure. So did you have any struggles? Like when you finally decided to separate from the guard? I mean, I missed the camaraderie and actually going and doing a part and doing our drills. And some people call it playing pretend, you know, but it was still doing a part, you know, being, keeping yourself active and ready for when something may happen or if you are called up. Right. Right. You know, I enjoyed a lot of that and I didn't have much of a struggle. The biggest struggle that I've had from being separated is, you know, which a lot of guys that, you know, never got deployed or even were active and never got deployed still have that same struggle. I wish I would have done more, but we all have our little paths that we go down and play the card. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a big part of the struggle that a lot of veterans go through that weren't like boots on the ground on the front line is they don't think that they're as much of a veteran as maybe someone that was on SEAL Team 6, but like every one of our jobs matters. So you might have only gone in, you know, one weekend a month, whatever, you know, weekend, weekend warrior type status, but like your job still meant something to the people that were boots on the ground front line. Like you were still, and by having the guard that allows the active duty army to go over there and do that stuff because we know that the guard is here to take care of any emergencies that happen domestically, you know, like we don't have to take away from the army if there's a hurricane or a natural disaster or an oil spill or whatever the case might be. Like that's why we have those different divisions of military and state guard and national guard and all that stuff, because they're here to take care of home. And And we did a lot of that. We did a lot of generators after uh, tornadoes and, you know, and and that's my opinion that we need, we need people like you for sure to take care of home so that we can go over there and do what we need to do over there and not have to worry about home because without you, that's, we'd have to pull that job too. And that's, that's hard. And even now, like in, in the midst of all this COVID stuff, you know, there's a lot of national guard units and reserve units that are called up to run supply. Or yeah. Wasn't, it was the guard unit that like built that hospital in the arena in new Orleans, like overnight, wasn't it? Like that yep. was insane and incredible all at the same time. And <laughs> me being a, a truck driver now, an owner operator, when COVID first started, I actually started uh, hauling a lot of these FEMA loads mm-hmm. for masks and M95 masks. Coming out of San Antonio, going to Midland, and I did three of those back back to back. Yeah, because they were setting up for, for all the the nursing homes in Midland and Odessa. Yeah, for yeah, you know when it first. Yeah, truck drivers though, like truck drivers. We're so incredible. Like they're the unsung heroes when that virus started because everyone literally shut down and they were still out there driving and delivering supplies and trying to keep the supply chain going and all that. And like, that's huge. And not knowing at that point, we didn't know what the virus was or how it affected people or what was going to happen because China was so like crazy about it all. Like they built a hospital, you know what I mean? Like they built a hospital just for COVID and then it hits America and we're like, what is this thing and what is it going to do to us? Cause we don't really have reports of what it's done to the Chinese people, but we know they built a hospital just for COVID because that was on the news and it, yeah. So bless you, sir, for doing the job that you do now when you're in the service and out. 
Uh, we can do cheers to truck drivers. Yeah, for sure. Cheers to the truck drivers for keeping our country moving. And I think truck driving is a common veteran position. I think a lot of veterans yeah. become truck drivers. Yeah, it is a lot of a lot of veterans exactly. become truck drivers because a lot of veterans don't want to associate with a, a, a bunch of people who be in a nine to five right. job. They're not used right. to it, and they're they're pretty much wired to be independent and self, you know, self-maintaining. And yeah. so they, they get into a field that gives them that same thing and you're right. still doing a job and you, know, and you still you get to like, your, you still get to move around and see different things and all that stuff that you get accustomed to while you're in the service. And right. so they're able to kind of get that same and you guys build like camaraderie amongst each other too, right? Like, like military people. Like, does that happen? Yeah, I mean, there's been multiple times that, you know, I, I've got several drivers that are friends and, and you know, we'll get together and have breakfast or, you know, if we pass each other, we'll holler at each other. And, yeah. You know, or we'll call each other on the phone just to just check on them and see how they're doing. So you get a lot of that same satisfaction from being a truck driver that you would get from being a military service member. Correct. I know I've had quite a few friends that they never planned to be truck drivers at all. And they got out and they tried to work regular jobs and then somehow got coached or guided or mentored into a truck driving job and it, it saved their life, it saved their marriage, it saved like all kinds of things for them. So that's an incredible and it's it's a good way to make a living too. Like it's not like you're grinding and just barely making it on minimum wage being a truck driver. Like a lot of people find that it's a good way to to support themselves. It is. And, you know, everything you've got in your house or in your car, it all came on a truck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a job that's going to go away. And that's another good job in the military that a lot of people will go in and become a truck driver. And then, yeah. So they can come out out and do it. Yeah. It's super cool. So, how are you doing now, Michael, that you've been out for a while and you've settled into your your new way of life as a civilian? My new new way of life of it as a civilian is pretty much the same i mean uh, i stick to the same people and do the same things over and over again it's pretty repetitious so right i, I was going to say I, I ride with a, a motorcycle club that's all veterans and oh that's cool that's, that, that's one thing that, that is awesome kind of helps because we got all kinds of people and it's it's not just you know, combat veterans, it's not just peace time veterans, it's, it's the whole mix. Yeah, and it's not exclusive to one type of veteran. You've yeah. always got that you know, extra, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, the phone's always there and it's always yeah. going to be answered. That's super cool. We had um, we had another gentleman on here not too long ago that is does the rider program too. He does it for his American Legion and he... Yeah. Like he runs it, like he's the the head guy, and he loves it. Like he said, it's so rewarding for him, which is really cool. And that's you know, being a part of your local American Legion or VFW is is another great opportunity to you know have that outlet to be able to talk to somebody. I talk about that a lot, and our generation, like that, you know, like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, like that generation of veterans, where we're all starting to get to the age where we're. We're not young, but we're not old type of deal. We 
are underutilizing those resources so much. And if we don't start using them and appreciating them for what they are, like they're going to go away and that that kind of breaks my heart. It is. And, it, and there's a lot of that generation that's starting to die off and it's starting to pick back up. You know, like yeah. my local AFW and American Legion, they're combined. Yeah, and a lot they, of them are doing that now just to stay afloat. But yeah, they went through three different locations, I guess, you say, because they can't keep you know keep enough people interested yeah. in trying to support them, and then they, they have to close down their bar or their meeting hall. Yeah, and now they're and the, you know they've all had to kind of open to the public too to be able to bring in enough income to keep those programs going. So that's, that kind of blew my mind. Like I had a friend in Texas who was not a veteran and doesn't have any veteran family. And he's like, Hey, I'm hanging out at the VFW. You should come. And I'm like, how are you hanging out at the VFW? Like, did you have a sponsor? And he's like, no, I just come here and play pool. And I was like, it's been several years now, but that was a little bit shocking to me that they are having such a hard time with those programs right now. And with membership and people, wanting to be part of them that they're opening it up to like anyone can come in now which is good and that's how the one the one here is like that that i yeah. i mean i went in there uh miranda but miranda took me there yeah like the first time i ever went there was with her she's never been in the military right and of course they didn't but i was in the military when i came in but no we walked up to the bar and had a couple of drinks but it what it was like a bar it was walking into a bar yeah and i was shocked at that too yeah so we really need to just get the word out there like it's not a dirty old men's club anymore like it's a it's a resource and we need to use it or we're gonna lose it and it's it's a resource that probably saved my life and so I'm I'll back the VFW till the day I die because without them and without the connections I made there I wouldn't be where I'm at right now for sure so I'm glad that you brought that up so go be a member of the VFW or the American Legion, everyone. It's important. Do that. Cheers. Cheers to the Cheers veterans to that. out there. All right, Michael, if you had advice for someone that was either just getting out of the military to become a veteran or has been struggling for a while as a veteran, what would that advice be? The, the biggest advice that I can give anybody is make sure you have everything in documentation for your whole military career, whether it's medical or, you know, awards or whatever, make sure you have that in your hands before you're completely done because it is a fight to get it after. And that's actually one of the things I'm worried about because, you know, I, my migraines are not in my medical record because I couldn't, I mean, as an air traffic controller, we were very, very limited on the things we could go to medical for. Right. So on top of here's your Motrin because of one thing, when you have to have flight status and you do something that's going to ground you, you, you learn to not go because you want to do your job. Yeah. You don't want to, so you don't want to be grounded. My migraines, my migraine, I, there's nothing in my medical record that says anything about my migraines. Yeah. Not a there's programs out there too that will help you put together your disability package claim. So if yeah, that, yeah. So, and use them like they have a service officer at almost all the VFWs. They have the DAV, they have veterans at the VFW and the American Legion that have been through the process that are more than willing to help you go through it as well. Scared or you don't know where to start like that. I waited 10 years before I filed my VA claim because I was like, I'm an air traffic controller. Like there's nothing wrong with me. 
And then I filed my claim. Turns out like I'm all kinds of messed up. So you just never know. And well, and I know that I have other issues besides what's in my mouth right now. Too, right. So. And going through the military, they teach you to suck it up. Yeah. And press on. Yep. And yeah. don't complain about anything. And so most people don't even go to the doctor and say, oh, well, my knees hurt or my ankle hurts or, you know, right. I've had this pre-existing condition since such and such and mm-hmm. I've just been dealing with it. And if you, you've got that mentality of being told to just suck it up. And right. so the doctors- you're like, well, what are they gonna do? Me. Just give me Motrin? Like I can yeah, do it on my own. Why waste do. my time? Yeah. Or like, you don't want to be that guy or that girl that's like always at the doctor because then your shipmates are going to be like, You're a crybaby. Like, why do you keep going to the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very hard culture in that sense. And it's hopefully something that we can, we can communicate a little bit better and maybe we can help some people along the way. So Michael, if our listeners want to find you and talk to you or get to know you better, or if they want some advice or help, where can you be reached? Uh, you can hit me up on TikTok. I don't use the Facebook much. <laughs> he called it the Facebook. <laughs> what is your What is your TikTok handle in case anyone wants to search your name out on there? It's Ironhead78. Okay, yeah, and I'll put that in the show notes too. Or they can hit me up on the on my on my Gmail. It's boltsman at gmail dot com. Perfect. Uh, so if you guys want to talk to Michael and hear more of his story, or if you just have questions for him. Check him out on TikTok or at his Gmail, and I will put both of those in the show notes. So reach out to him and and let him know that you are listening to him. Amber, do you want to talk a little bit about the charity we've chosen to support this episode? So, like every week, we yeah. um, believe in the mission of the Tilvahala Project and bringing out mental health awareness with veterans and 22 a day and the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day, which will never be an okay statistic, whether it fluctuates um, every month or every year, still not an okay number. Have a bracelet on. We just ordered long sleeve shirts. I'm so excited about my long sleeve shirt. And um, a a portion of of, um, any of our merchandise does go to the Tilbahala project. So yes. we're not just we're not just on here talking and saying that we're supporting them. No, we we firmly believe in their mission and we'll be able to send them a check one day. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. need some people to be interested in our merchandise. <laughs> yes, which so if you would like to talk to Amber or myself, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out if you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email at the Gmail Amanda mentioned or a DM on one of the social media platforms. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Good, bad, ugly, and different. Just please be kind and be constructive. Yeah, we want that criticism, though. If there's something you think we can do better or you like what we're doing, give it to us. Send it. Full send. Full send. Sounds horrible. <laughs> Here's to okay. the full send.
Cheers to the full send. I don't think we've ever done a cheers in the closing, but cheers. I don't think so either, but we started tonight. <laughs> um, you can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We get on and start about 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yes, we are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. It is so it's much fun. So much fun. And it's such a real, it's, if you're nervous, it's such a relaxed environment for a- anyone, veterans, active duty, civilians. It's really open to just allow to out. Yeah. yeah. Just come yep. hang out. You can hang out with Amber and I. We have a few regulars that get on there with us. We've had a few new faces this last week, which we're really excited about. So it's awesome. Show us, show us your face. Yes. But as always, and in our final closing in our words, um, bringing about mental health awareness and the fact that 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers.